Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to see you today. I tell you what, with such a great welcome, I better be good. I'm t- I, can't, I can't wait to hear what I've got to say. <laughs> uh, I love, uh, it's great being here. I love your pastors. Do you guys love your pastors? I just love Dave and Karen have been uh, such good friends for uh, several years and recently just came to visit us in the U.S. We welcomed them with a hurricane. And uh, uh, their place where they were staying had no electricity for, I don't know, about 36 hours, something like that. But uh, it was great to be here. I flew all night long uh, on uh, one of the nights. I think it was Friday night. And arrived yesterday and finally arrived here uh, in Peterborough at, uh, at about noon. And Dave said, would you like to play golf? And I said, well, of course. I've had no sleep and flown all <laughs> night. And I would love to. And I'm thinking of golf in the U.S. You know, golf in the U.S. You get a nice drink and you put your clubs on a cart and they help you. And you just kind of slowly drive around. And I'm thinking this... This will be a good acclimation here into the UK, and, and it wasn't like that at all. <laughs> Dave said, we don't have buggies, he called them, buggies. He said, we walk, and, and he walks fast everywhere he goes. <laughs> and he's a lot taller than I am, and he walks very fast. He, he tried to kill me. <laughs> tried to kill me yesterday, and... And we had a great time. And then he beat me. He beat me of all things. And, uh, but uh, I thought we were preparing for the marathon that's in the city today. I didn't know. But uh, a great time. I, I, I'm so excited about being here this week with he and other pastors. I want to welcome those of you who are joining us online uh, right now. All over the world, wherever you happen to be. And also at uh, Lester, we're glad that you're with us too. And what a great series. Um, does God care. Have you ever wondered if God cared, if he really cared about you? I have. I've wondered at times when he's felt like he's a million miles away and I couldn't, couldn't, how can he care about my problems? Have you ever thought about that? Does God care? Or when you're disappointed by your circumstances in life, You may be there today, and you wonder, is this ever going to change for me, and does God really care? Or it could be when you ask for something in prayer, and it feels like heaven is closed. Anybody ever been there? And you wonder, does God really care? Or when you read the headlines filled with war and economic uncertainty, that's something that we have in common on both sides of of the pond. And you wonder, does God really care? What's up? Well, we're in a series where we ask those questions about our world and the environment, about our work, about our finances. And today, I've been assigned to talk a little bit about does God really care about us? And we're studying the first couple of chapters of Genesis, and what a great place to start, because Genesis is the the place, it's the book of beginnings, and we learn about the nature of God. And in the first chapters, God reveals some foundational principles about his character 
that he'll weave all through his story. And so I'd like to read the, uh, the passage that I've been assigned this morning. It's Genesis chapter 1, and verse 26, and you can read along, or I think it might be on the screen behind me. But it says, then God said, let us, can you say us together? Uh, it's the first place God reveals himself as Elohim, uh, us, plural, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, all involved in the creation process. He says, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, or created them, male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. My family is taking that on personally. <laughs> and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish and the sea and the birds and the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then God said, I give you every seed-bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. They will be yours for food and to all the beasts of the earth and all the birds of the sky and all the creatures that move along the ground and everything that has the breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And so it was. And God saw all that he had made and it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning on the sixth day. So from that passage, I wanna look at three things uh, that I believe talk to us a little bit about how I know that God cares about me. And here's the first one, I am made in his image. Can you say that together? I am made in his image. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Did I mention I'm a grandparent? I'd like to show you a picture. Do we have a picture that we can put on the screen? We've got a, oh yeah, we, we have lots of us. And, uh, and we do blonde, you know, and, and uh, the greatest compliment that you can give a grandparent is they're just like you. And I wanna say to grandparents, how many of you are grandparents out there today? Yeah. How many of you, if you'd known it was this good, you would have skipped parenting and gone right to grandparenting? <laughs> Anybody else? Somebody said, don't kill your kids. Your grandkids are God's reward for not killing their, their parents, you know? And, and uh, with it, I, I love pranking with the grandkids. I love, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell them when they do something good. You know, and my oldest grand, grandson is uh, what we call in America soccer, you call football. Uh, we call football a game that the uh, ball never touches the foot. But anyway, he's a, he's a star in, in, uh, in soccer, and he won't even call it soccer. He says, Dad, it's football. So he's more indoctrinated by you. He loves uh, Manchester United, wants me to get some stuff. He watches every game uh, all the time. But anytime he does something good or any of them do something good, I say to them, you're just like your grandpa. <laughs> You're not quite as good, but someday you will be. You're just like your grandfather, right? Well, you know, we 
are the crown jewel of God's creation. Six days he created. And on the sixth day, he created us. And he said, oh, this is good. Let's create them. Let's create them in our image. Did I mention that when one of our kids acts up a little bit, I say to my wife, they're more like your side of the family than they are mine. <laughs> this is good, he said. Let's create them in our image. I like to think that if God had an iPhone, that he'd have a, he'd have a family album, and you would be in it. And I would be in it. And, and, and he'd reflect on that. And when he saw someone new, he'd say, have you seen Dave? Dave's created in my image. Have you seen Karen? Have you seen Greg? Have you seen, you know, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. Because you were created in the image of God. Does God really care? Yes, he does. He created you in his image. Let me give you a, a second thought, is that um, how do I know that God cares about me? I have a purpose in his story. I have a purpose in his story. It says, then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. So, I love that, so there's a reason. There's a purpose for Adam and Eve. There's a purpose for you and I. So that they may rule. And they ruled over the fish in the sea, the birds of the sky, over the livestock, over all the wild animals, over every creature that moves along the ground. Have you, have you ever felt like what you do doesn't really matter in the big picture? Anybody ever felt like that? Maybe you feel unworthy because of something you've done. And you look yourself in the mirror and you say, I know other people see me as achieving or other people see me as making progress, but, but I know what I've done. Or, or, or you may feel that what you're doing right now is very insignificant. I mean, how does this make a difference in the big picture? Or you may feel that life is passing you by, that your window of opportunity has already passed. You know, so many times we, we, we look at birthdays with zeros on the end, right? Am I married by a certain birthday? Do I have children by a certain time? Have I achieved in the marketplace by a certain time? Or, or I hit a big number toward the latter years of my life, and I, I wonder if, if God's disappointed with me. I know I'm disappointed in myself. Well, here's what I'd like us to do. Let's, this is audience participation. Could you quickly take a pulse? Could you take a pulse real quick, your own? Take a pulse, okay? Here's what I like to say. If you've got a pulse, God's got a plan. There's a reason you're, yeah, that's good. There's a reason, listen, there's a reason you're not dead yet, okay? Do you realize, this is free. I wasn't gonna throw this in, but you, know, the, you think about Moses in the Old Testament. Moses was raised for leadership, right, in, in, the, in, in the palace, and, and uh, he wants to go visit his people, and he sees injustice, and he does something rash. How many of you know when you don't think things through, you get in trouble? And he does something rash, and he actually uh, kills an Egyptian, and now the Egyptians are mad at him, 
and the Israelites can't trust him and he has to leave and he goes to a foreign country where he knows nobody and we pick up his story and he's sitting by a well in a country where he knows no one. He's, he's 40 years old and I can only imagine that he's thinking, I've blown it. I've blown it. My life maybe won't matter to anything. And think about this. Here's the thought. Moses had not even done what he would become famous for yet, what he would become known for. And it is possible, I don't know that you'll ever be famous, but it's possible that at whatever stage that you're at, especially in the latter years, when sometimes we wonder, has life mattered or has I, have I done what I should have done or could have done, you may not even have done what you'll be known for in the future. Here's what I do know, that if you have a pulse, God has a plan. Every morning I remind myself of that very thing. Now some of you wake up every morning just full of joy and you're happy. Do you know anybody like that? Maybe the person sitting, maybe you do it or the person sitting next to you, they're just ready to go. You know, I'm happy for you, but I don't like you. <laughs> because that's not my life. For whatever reason, I wake up in the morning grumpy. I wake up in the morning with just kind of a cloud. We used to have a, a cartoon called, uh, the, the, uh, I can't remember what it was, Linus or something. And there's this character that has a cloud over him everywhere he goes. And I kind of feel like that in the morning. And so I have to, I have to fight for my joy. And I win just about every day. But here's one of the ways that I do it. I have a reminder on my phone. I saw it this morning. When I wake up, first thing that I see is a reminder to remind myself that this is going to be a great day because I have a father who loves me and has a wonderful purpose for my life. Every day, every day it's a discipline. This is gonna be a great day because I have a father who loves me, I'm created in his image, and he has a wonderful plan and purpose for my life. Now, I, I, I believe that. Let's look at Adam and Eve's purpose. Adam and Eve's purpose was to bring the kingdom rule of God to everything they touch. You're going to rule. You're going to rule the animals, and you're going to rule the, 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 the earth. You're going to rule everything in it for a selfish purpose. No, they were to bring the kingdom rule, the order of God, into everything that they touched. Now, your purpose and my purpose is to bring the kingdom rule of God into everything we touch, every environment, into our family, into the workplace, into the school that we go to, into the school that we teach, wherever we happen to be, our role. God has a wonderful plan for your life. He has a purpose for your life, and it is to bring the kingdom rule of God into every situation that you come into, everything that you touch. Now, in order to understand this, you have to understand that there is a difference between your purpose and your assignment. My purpose and my assignment are two different things. Throughout my life, I've had many different assignments. Dave mentioned some of them. Early on in my life, my assignment was to wash other people's cars. I did that for a living, a very small living. That was my assignment, and I was to bring the purpose, my purpose, the kingdom rule of God into that assignment. Later on, uh, I began to make computers for Hewlett Packard Company. That was not my purpose. 
It was my assignment. My purpose was what? To bring the kingdom rule of God into my assignment. Then later, I began to start churches. I started Seacoast Church. I'm a bit of a spiritual entrepreneur. That's how God created me to be. And so we started that church, and then we said, well, let's start other churches. And we formed an organization. We began to start churches, and now we've started over 1,000, 1,065 as of today, churches mostly around America. Now, is that, is that my purpose? No, it's my assignment. My purpose is to bring the kingdom rule of God into my assignment. And now uh, we're building a retreat center for hurting pastors, and I'm gonna give the rest of my life to that. But even that is my assignment right now. My purpose, none of those things were my purpose. I was able to accomplish my purpose in all of my assignments, which is to bring the kingdom rule of God into every environment that you touch. It's not hard. It's not rocket science. People wait around and they go, will I ever discover my purpose? Please, today discover. Discover it, I'm going to help you. It may not be your assignment. Someday you may have various assignments, but everyone can discover their purpose. And that's just simply this. Bring the kingdom rule of God into everything in your life. What does that look like? I'm glad you asked. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37 when asked a similar question, replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law, all the prophets hang on these two commandments. These two commandments, everything about your purpose hangs right here. So practically, how do I bring the kingdom rule? Love God, love, love your neighbor as yourself. How do I bring that uh, in, into every environment I'm assigned to? Here's something else I do every morning. Every morning I remind myself of my purpose. And, and here's how I remind myself of it. I, I, I meditate on one passage of scripture. I've done this for months and months and months and months and months. Same passage of scripture because it's what God has given to me. And I think it relates to me and to the world and the environment that I live in. I don't know how it is here in the UK, but things are crazy in the USA. They're just nuts. Things are cra Politically, they're crazy. Economically, they're crazy. Uh, uh, in families, families are divided. Uh, it's, it's a crazy, crazy world. And what God has called me to do, and frankly, you too, is to bring the kingdom rule of God into the craziness around us. And so every morning I read this scripture. It's Paul. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, he says, listen to me. I urge you to live a life worthy, the, worthy of the calling that you have received. Here, here it is. Here's my calling. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. The word bearing with uh, uh, is translated putting up with. There are people, God has called me. Listen, in a cancel culture, is yours a cancel culture? Ours is. In a cancel culture, God has called you to put up with other people. Wow, that's counter-cultural. But that's bringing the kingdom rule of God into, into, my, uh, into my world, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bonds of peace. My purpose is to bring the kingdom rule of God into every relationship, 
into every situation, into everything that I walk into, regardless of what my assignment is. One last thought on your purpose before we go to the third thing I want to talk about. Your sin doesn't nullify God's purpose for your life. A lot of times we think, how many of you are sinners? Anybody a sinner here at all? Okay. I'm going to preach to this section right here. It's a lot purer than this one over here. No, the Bible says you're lying if you say that you're not a sinner. Here's the problem. Sin makes things harder. Would you agree with that? Okay. And we see that from the very beginning. When Adam and Eve sinned, God didn't take away their purpose. Okay? He didn't say, well, you sinned, you, you, you don't have the purpose. No, 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 no. The purpose just got harder. And when I sin, God doesn't take away my purpose. It might affect my assignment. It could temporarily or, you know, whatever. It might have to have a different assignment. But it doesn't affect my purpose other than sin always makes it harder. But we have two advantages over Adam and Eve. One is Jesus Christ. In 1 John uh, chapter 1 and verse 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he is what? He is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. And the second advantage we have is the present day work of the Holy Spirit. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 26, it says, in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans, and he who searches our heart knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance to the will of God. So let's confess our sin. We're gonna have an opportunity to do that in just a minute if you haven't already done it. And let's continue with the purpose of God by the power of the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? And so how do I know God cares? Because I'm, I'm, I'm made in his image. I've been given a purpose. Let me give you one more. He has commanded blessing over me. I know that God cares because he's commanded blessing over me. He said to Adam and Eve, about Adam and Eve, it says that God blessed them. Now that's not surprising. In the first verses of the Bible, God reveals his nature and it is in the nature of God to bless things. And to be a blessing, that is who God is. In fact, let's look at uh, two or three scriptures that will convince us of that. In Psalms 145 and verse nine, it says, the Lord is good to most people. Is that what it says? No, that's the revised substandard perversion. That's not God's will. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This week, when you walk out of this place, I don't know if it's like this here, it is in America, it won't take you 10 minutes to find somebody that disagrees fundamentally about just about everything with you, okay? They might be at your dinner table today, right? God blesses them. God loves them. God blesses, it says, everybody. God blesses, is good, he says, to all. He has compassion on what? All he's made, there it is. Why does he love? Because they're made in his image. God cares because they're made in his image. Even when we mess up, even when we don't walk as, as God would have us to do, life gets harder, but God loves and God blesses and God cares. Psalm 34 and verse eight, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge 
in him. Matthew 7 says it this way, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Why? And there's a lot of layers there that we could unpack. We don't have time today. But the basic point is this. The reason is because it is in God's nature to bless. He blessed Adam and Eve, and he's continued to bless always. Now, God's blessing doesn't mean that there won't be challenges in life. Jesus said, in this world, you will have trouble. Anybody have a testimony on that? <laughs> I will never forget, I will never forget, um, uh, you know, the beginning of 2020, <laughs> the anticipation that pastors had going into a new, new season. You know, we were gonna give a 2020 vision and we gave it and absolutely nothing worked. We have been through one of the most challenging times. In fact, I think leadership-wise, it's the most challenging time uh, in the 40 years of my ministry. But still, God's blessing has been in the middle of it. Some of our greatest blessings will come from our biggest challenges. I'll never forget Thanksgiving of 2018. My daughter, who was 36 at the time, Jenny, who had struggled with infertility and and uh, boy, there's a whole long story there. And now she has a, a ministry to women uh, with infertility struggles. And, um, but uh, she announced at Thanksgiving that she had cancer. And uh, cancer is a scary thing for everybody. But for our family, my mother died of cancer when I was 54, when she was 54 years old. And so um, our girls are checked constantly and um, she has the same kind of cancer that my mother did. And uh, as you can only imagine, um, that was a unique Thanksgiving for our family. And, and so we start every year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so my son Joshua said, uh, who leads our church now, he said, Dad, what would you think if we uh, if we began on first Wednesday and we ended on a fourth Wednesday and we had a prayer and healing service um, and we'll pray for Jenny and there'll be others who need prayer. And I said, that would be great, that would be great. And so, and so we had a service at the end of the uh, prayer and fasting and I, uh, we called some people in and our worship team was very much involved in this whole process and some of you may well, we called them in and we said, um, let's organize our service. And we organized our service. And on Sunday mornings, we do an hour, about like you guys do, because we do several services. And on a first Wednesday, we usually do about an hour and a half, and we organized how it was gonna be. We laid it out and we asked God, God, would you, would you heal? And seven and a half hours later, our service was over. Unbelievable. I've never seen anything like this in my life. Over 200 people healed in our congregation. We had no idea. We, we, uh, we, we had a, a, an executive team meeting the next morning because we thought we had ruined our church because we'd never seen anything like this. This is a good thing, but we, you know, we, we just don't do this. <laughs> we, we, we trust God, but we don't trust him that much. You know? and, and, uh, and, so, and so we divided up names and we asked people, are you still healed? Have you been to a doctor? It was amazing. And so we did it again and we had, you know, 300 people healed the next time. And it was just an un, unreal thing. In fact, our worship leader 
Uh, Brandon Lake, some of you sing his songs. He's on a tour right now called House of Miracles Tour in the U.S., which the songs were written out of what happened in our church during that season of time. It was a devastating time for our family, and in the midst of that, God brought the most blessing that we've ever had in our church. Now, was my daughter healed in the healing crusade or the, the, the meetings uh, that, that went on there? Um, yes and no. She was not healed miraculously, but I believe that when we pray that everybody is healed, okay? Some are healed miraculously. Some are healed by medicine, which is her situation. She had seven surgeries and she's cancer-free today and she has a ministry to women in that way. Some are healed by miracles, some by medicine, and don't ever forget, some just get to go to heaven, and that is the goal, right? We're all going someday. So my job is just to pray, and it's God's job to determine the exact way, seasons, and times. Well, I have much more I'd love to say, but all I, I will say that the biggest blessing that year came out of our biggest challenges. I don't know you well, but I do know that this next season will bring many blessings because that's who God is. There will be some challenges because that's who the enemy is, but the biggest challenges will come from the, or the biggest blessings will come from the biggest challenges. Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We're gonna pray. And here's, what I wanna, here, here's how I wanna pray. I, 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 I wanna take a look at, again, the opening question. Does God care about me? Does God really care about me? And I want you to think about yourself. Do you believe that God cares about you? I believe that he does because you are made in his image. And you may have questioned that. You may have questioned maybe the, the fact that God has a purpose for you and you confuse your assignment with your purpose and, and maybe you need to say, God, would you just live your purpose through me? Or maybe it's his blessing. God desires to bless you and he is blessing you and we need to open ourselves up to his blessing. Would you stand with me uh, for closing prayer and then we're going to um, sing a song that brings us into reflection and response, perhaps around this whole question of am I created in God's I mean, Does he desire to bless me? I wanna pray for you. Would you close your eyes right now? God, I am so grateful and thankful for this wonderful group of people. And God, there are some among us today that maybe have never experienced the grace of God and the goodness of God. And God, even in this moment right now, we're reaching out to you and saying, God, do you really care? And you're saying to us, I care so much that I gave my son, Jesus Christ, to die for you. I think about you every day. You were created in my so God, we reach out to you and we say yes to you now. God, there are some of us that we are in a place of, maybe it's just a real difficult time in our life right now. It seems like a difficult assignment. And we've wondered, am I fulfilling your purpose? God, would you just in us renew our minds 
to know that regardless of the, the assignment that we have right now, that we can bring your kingdom rule, that we can love you and we can love others and we can look different in a world that's upside down. God, I pray for blessing on your people, God. And for some of us, we are experiencing that blessing in a great way. It was easy to sing this morning of the songs of blessing and to many generations. And for some of us, Lord, we're in the midst of one of the hardest times we've ever been through in our family or maybe in our work, maybe in our health. And God, right now, we receive your greatest blessing because out of our biggest challenges, you can bring our greatest blessings. And we receive that. I pray for healing and wholeness right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. In the name of Jesus. Amen.